This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. But look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because, because now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. A whole lot to talk about on this episode. Yes, we will will be NFL dominant for sure. Lots to talk about in the NFL as we get closer to the playoff push. And a lot of races are heating up in the AFC as well as the NFC. Also, we'll get into, is it time for Cam Newton to finally hang it up after this season? And what's going on with LeBron? Is he finally feeling his mortality? All of that and more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Now, what I need you to do first and foremost is follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA, as well as on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Make sure you get the latest and greatest in the world of sports, pop culture, entertainment at my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash TV. That's youtube.com slash TV. And also follow us at nightcastmedia.com. That's N-I-T-E-C-A-S-T-M-E-D-I-A.com. Your gateway to sports, pop culture, community, tech, and so much more. All right, y'all. I'm going to tell you what. I had a good weekend. I actually had, uh, was invited to SoFi Stadium. Now, naturally, of course, this was a Chargers and Giants game, which which much to do about nothing because we all know the Giants are lower than a worm's belly. But it was a great experience because I got a chance to be invited as one of uh, several people uh, to get a tour of SoFi Stadium from a technical side. And we all know how much we love technology. Like I, I so much love technology even more now because it's so convenient. Like SoFi Stadium is one of the most technically savvy places in all of sports and entertainment. I'm sorry. They were one of the first to do the ticketless uh, or paperless, whatever you want to call it, on your phone where you have the app on your phone. Um, you don't, minus the parking, I know the traffic is bad because I have to get there two and a half hours early, so I'm not a fan of that. But as far as being able to get in, buy food, buy whatever you know souvenirs you want to buy, memorabilia you want to buy, it's all at the touch of a button on your, uh, on your phone or your smart or your tablet or whatever it is. And it's great to see how much goes into just one game. So much goes into like the Jumbotron and, and the Oculus that you see if you've ever been to SoFi Stadium. If you haven't been to SoFi, you definitely need to get down there because it's definitely something to see. And so uh, your man got, you know, got treated to kicking it in the suite for about a half, you know. So I was out there in the suite, you know. I'm seeing all the guys run on the field. I've, I've been close on the field before, but not that close pregame. I can tell you that much. And I actually saw the numbers and the names on the back of jerseys. That's how close I was. Your man was out there in, in, in these suites, from the streets to the suites. And I was doing, I was having a lot of fun out there. But it was a cool experience. I got a chance to talk to a few people, the CTO of, of SoFi Stadium, um, and kind of get to his perspective as far as the technology and what's to come for Super Bowl 56 that's happening in February of next year um, and what they're planning for and what the NFL is planning for and how happy the NFL is just from a tech from a technical standpoint and the advancement of technology that goes on at SoFi. So it was a cool experience. I really learned a lot. Um, I really understood a lot. And some stuff that's coming down the pike in the next couple of years is amazing. I, if I could tell you, I would tell you, but I ain't gonna tell you. Just gotta sit there and find out. 
But one thing we're not going to find out about are the Los Angeles Rams because they are in a tight race in the NFC West with the Arizona Cardinals and, oh, creeping up behind them. Lo and behold, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the Seahawks, nowhere to be mentioned. No one's at home. Um, They packed up and moved on. But to help me break down the Los Angeles Rams as well as the NFC West, I have one half of the best football podcast out in the space right now, better known as Downtown Rams. Alexis, uh, Jake Ellenbogen do a great job, and I have Jake Ellenbogen on the line with me right now. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, Nick. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, you know, things are well. At least things are good for me. Not so much with the Rams right now, as we were talking uh, before we went on air. Yeah, I mean, they had a Monday night affair in, the, in the, a showdown in the desert between the Arizona Cardinals and the L.A. Rams. The Rams looking to avenge their earlier season loss at SoFi, but they lost 34-20. to um, When you look at this matchup, right, and, and there was a lot of factors, a lot of key factors to this matchup. Obviously, COVID has really run rampant, and it seems like in the Rams side of things, uh, when you lost Daryl Henderson, obviously, uh, the, the, on game night, on Monday night, uh, we found out that, J- that Jalen Ramsey as well as Tyler Higbee would not be showing up because of the COVID protocols and things of that nature. In your estimation, when you lose a a, a caliber player like a Jalen Ramsey, for example, on defense, and then when you're losing pretty much your team's best tight end and Tyler Higbee, and then obviously you losing uh, Daryl Henderson, how different is that for the Rams? And then if you're from the Cardinals perspective, do you get overconfident when you see when you see the names come across and you're saying, okay, man, we ain't got to worry about Jalen tonight. We good. I can tell you someone who is going to be a little overconfident with that. I think it's going to be uh, New Hopkins. You know, this is somebody who has hard, had a little bit of a, a rough time at, at moments, uh, you know, in the past. Obviously, you know, him and Jalen go back to when they were playing the AFC, you know, him with the Texans and Jalen with the Jags. So, you know, I think that definitely it'll affect him in some way. I mean, it's human nature. You know, you can only – you can, you know, have all of this conditioning when you get to the league and and be, you know, a pro and be like, no, we don't worry too much about the guy on the other side. That's a load. And, and honestly, it's a complete load now with Jalen not there. Um, so you look at this Rams defense, they're not going to have Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, they're not going to have Sebastian Joseph Day. You know, he's been out. You know, they're, they're not going to have those guys. And now they're not going to have Dante Dion. They're not going to have uh, Robert Rochelle. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at David Long, who had a really rough time the last time these two guys played, these two teams played in week four. Um, he had a really rough time against A.J. Green. So you're looking at him starting opposite of Darius Williams. The potential of uh, Terrell Burgess playing the nickel, uh, you could likely see him, you know, rotate between him and Tyler Hall and then, you know, depending if they decide to bring up anybody off the practice squad, um, you know, you could potentially see that. But it is such a weird situation because, you know, I was told this this morning uh, by somebody just like, you know, DM'd and it was like, yeah, this is happening. And I was like, no, it's not. There's like, come on. And it was honestly, I I believed it because I was like rough to bat. I'm like, of course, like, why would this not happen today? Like, it, it would be so perfect going up against like the top team arguably in the league and losing your, not only your shutdown corner, 
but you're a guy that is where's Waldo on the field. I mean, he's essentially doing everything all over the field, whether he has to play edge, linebacker, safety, corner. I mean, that star role is super versatile, and there you go. Now you don't have him, so uh, it's going to be a different type of game for the Rams, and you know, I think the underrated thing about the Rams defense is that they've actually been great at stopping the run this year. You know, they're one of the top teams in the league. And, you know, at the end of the day, losing Jalen Ramsey, we don't know how much of an impact that will be against the run. But you have to imagine with the role he's played this year, opposite of years past, it's going to be significant. And I do think, you know, when guys like, say, a James Conner gets to the second level, you know, he's bigger than anybody else that's trying to tackle him at that point. So, you know, not having Jalen there, a guy that, you know, is one of the best tackling defensive backs in the league, that's going to be a problem. And so, you know, we'll see. I mean, they have to get to the second level, of course, for that to be significant. And the last time the Rams played against the Cardinals, they held that same James Conner to 2.8 yards per carry. And that defensive line has been playing very well as of late. I think you you saw the most complete game out of Sean Robinson last week. I think, Greg Gaines is really generating some steam, a guy that I felt could have been starting this whole time. He's just been behind such, you know, fantastic names. And then Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. So, you know, on top of that, you look at two guys that excel against the run. You may be talking about their passing, uh, you know, their pass rushing ability, but Leonard Floyd has made a name for himself in this league, even before his resurgence in LA as a pass rusher, he really made a name for himself as a run defender then you have Von Miller, and potentially it looks like Justin Hollins will be back tonight. Whether he plays some inside backer or outside backer, he's going to get opportunities as well, and he was key early on in the year against the run. So, yes, they're missing guys, and, yes, I do believe Arizona will look at that and be like, all right, you know, I, I think we'll feel <laughs> a little bit good. But at the same time, I think what, what kind of goes unsaid is that the Rams don't lack depth. Because the fact that they're even competitive in this game, losing a guy like Jalen Ramsey, not having Sebastian Joseph Day, not having Dion Rochelle, losing Robert Woods, Higby, the fact that they're even competitive in a game like that is the literal reason why they don't lack depth. They've had depth. Unfortunately, depth only goes so far when you lose that said depth. They've had injuries all season. The only difference is that you know, this team isn't sitting there constantly talking about a certain body part every week and other teams are. So I'm just saying, you know, Nick, you know how I am about the Rams. I mean, I'll be real, but I will say this, Sean McVay, and you know that that whole that idea of they're not going to make any excuses for themselves. It's pretty evident you're in the locker room, you know, it's pretty evident that this team doesn't really use that. Whereas other teams around the league, whether they use it or not, you know, they get the certain passes in the media where, yeah, they're banged up. But, hey, the Rams came into the season without their top running back and Cam Akers and really had to make adjustments. And it's an adapt or die league. And I think the Rams are going to have to adapt or die tonight. And I think, really, they've shown in the past that they can adapt. Sean McVay is 8-1 and one against the Cardinals. And, you know, albeit they lost 37-20 to 20 earlier in the year, you know, Daryl Henderson ran super well. They stopped running the football, and then the Cardinals pushed away. I think if the Rams stick with the run tonight, and, you know, they really make this about, you know, the ground and pound and, and kind of, 
you know, controlling the clock, so to speak, controlling the time of possession. They're, I believe, 28th in the league in time of possession. If they control that, then they can silence Kyler Murray, in a sense, by not allowing him on the field. I mean, that's really how I would go about it. Yes, you can make big plays through the air. Yes, you can use Van Jefferson. Yes, you can score in two, three-minute, you know, drives. But when you score too quickly, it is a problem, and it happened in week four. The Rams actually, with the interception, the defense came back out on the field after Stafford threw an interception going towards Deshaun Jackson. Um, they went back on the field. They you know, forced a three and out. The Rams respond, and they responded too quickly. Like they, they scored too quickly. They didn't take up enough clock. The next possession, the defense was exhausted. They come out. And they run about a 13-play drive that just gassed the defense. And at that point, it took a Sony Michelle fumble at their own 20-yard line to really just be the nail in the coffin. The Rams did fight back, but they were too far down to win that game. So I think it really comes down to a balanced passing attack and a running game. But you want to focus heavily on the running game, open up play action, make things easy on Stafford. You can't take chances. Tonight is not a game where you can throw a gambling pass like you did in week four to Deshaun Jackson. You're not that team right now. You are very much banged up, whether it's COVID or it's an injury. You are banged up. You are one of those teams we've heard about all year, but you've been quiet about it. Now it is out in the open. You have a primetime game with no Jalen Ramsey. That is going to attract attention. So it's time to step up and find any way possible to win the football game. And with Sean McVay, he's undefeated when he leads at halftime. Make sure you're leading at halftime. Yeah, I, I agree. I think two things also I said throughout the course of the season, two things that really stood out to me is the time of possession, as you mentioned, and also clock management. Clock management has definitely been an issue for this team, especially in tight situations. Third, you know, third quarter, mid third quarter, fourth going into the fourth quarter whether they're trailing or whether they're leading, it's still clock management because a lot of times I think they try to go for the gusto instead of just keeping the chains moving and keeping the clock going and keeping and wearing that defense down. Much like how we saw against the Tampa Bay Bucks, where you saw the most complete game I think the Rams have played pretty much all season long up until this point because they were on special teams, on defense, on offense, time of possession clock management making sure that they they didn't they almost mistake free football because they were going up against a guy named tom brady who ultimately is the goat that he is so i think when you look at this rams team they definitely have to make sure that they lock it down but they can't the one thing i will ask you this when you look at this rams team and you look at the running game obviously they're going to be they were they were without daryl henderson but sony michelle why did it take so long for sony michelle to really get the burn that he's been he got last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, the the the, the high school team des, uh, designated as the, the NFL team. And then you look at even time a couple times a couple weeks before when he had some nice runs in that stretch. Why did it take so long in your estimation for Sony Michelle to pretty much have his coming out party for this team? Well, the Rams just weren't running the football enough, and they weren't running enough when Henderson was averaging over six yards per carry. So when Sony Michelle came in to spell Henderson or, or vice versa. I mean, we weren't even seeing over 20 carries a game between the two guys. So I think that's really what it came down to. And Sean McVay did his usual, and this is not a knock on him. In a sense, this is, he's showing his consistency and he realizes, okay, I've been doing this too much. So now I have to go to this. And I think tonight is going to be a super uh, a tough thing because while we will sit there 
and talk about Jalen Ramsey being the biggest loss. A massive, massive, massive loss that will probably go unsaid. Actually, two of them. Uh, Havenstein at right tackle. And right. on top of it, you can't discount Tyler Higby. They don't have Johnny Munt. They don't have Tyler Higby. They do not have Jacob Harris. So tonight, you could honestly see Ben Skoranek, who might be the best blocker of the three guys that could be considered tight ends on the roster right now between uh, you have Bryson Hopkins, you have Kendall Blanton, and, you know, like I said, Ben Skoranek. Skoranek might end up being one of those tight ends. And the thing is, Higby's out. The game plan is altered because you knew coming in, the Rams were going to go back to more 12 personnel grouping like they did last week. They would do some jumbo 13 personnel grouping, uh, you know, those type of sets. Now without Higby, do they still do that? Do they really push the envelope there? Do they really force a guy like Bryson Hopkins who hasn't played much at all and really is more so a receiving threat? Do they force him to just do it? Can you do it? Can you be there? You and Blanton, can you, can you carry us? Because they're going to need help blocking in those 12, 13 personnel groupings. I don't think you can just say, Higby's not there. Let's just throw the game plan away. Let's just go 11 personnel because you'll lose. You're way too predictable at that point. And yeah. Arizona is one of the best passing defenses in the National Football League. And I believe they're number one in DVOA. Now, running the football, they're, you know, one of the lowest. And I think that's a thing, you know, Vance Joseph has figured out how to, you know, grasp this, this secondary. I think, you know, you have guys like Marco Wilson balling out as a rookie. But at the same time, you know, the loss of J.J. Uh, Watt, I think, has been extensive, especially in the run game. I think people forget, you know, they look at J.J. Swat. They look at how much he is able to affect the game as a pass rusher. But him not being there as a run defender has really hurt them. And they are very susceptible to getting run all over. And the Rams can do that tonight. And I think they could still do it as long as they block well enough. They could do it if Sony Michelle needs to take a breather. You put in Sargent or say you take, uh, you know, JV and Hawkins off the practice squad. Um, you know, I talked to Tutu Atwell last night. He's a big fan of his former teammate at Louisville. You know, he believes he'd be ready to go if they needed him tonight. Uh, Jamie Hawkins, probably the most explosive back that would be available tonight if he is. So they would have options. The The question remains, though, in, you know, that that 12 personnel grouping, you know, who is it going to be a Ben Skoranek that has to come in? No one is talking about that, but there's a lot of, you know, scouts on, uh, you know, Twitter and, and what have you that looked at Ben Skoranek coming out of the draft out of Notre Dame as a tight end option more than a receiver. So it could be very interesting. The Rams are going to have to do all, you know, make sure, you know, with their blocking assignments, they're going to have to excel in. You have a cup that can help you out in that regard. I think OBJ is an underrated run blocker and Van, obviously, you know, getting along with this culture, he's been able to adapt to that as well. But the question remains, is Ben Skoranek at the end of the day, the X factor in this, with Higby out, we'll find out. But I definitely would not rule him out in a you know an extensive role tonight as a blocker. He is not the biggest guy. He's you know a little undersized as far as the tight ends concerned, but he's a great blocker 
and they don't really have much else. I believe they have Jared Pinckney on their practice squad. I don't know if they have enough time to bring him up because they have so many other holes to fill and they have guys that they've been bringing up. Keep in mind, Nick, Brandon Powell is a must at kick returner. Probably the best kick returner we've seen the Rams have in quite some time. Maybe going back to Farrell Cooper, he comes out, runs for over 40 yards on the first run. Rams aren't about to not bring him up. And the Rams only have a limited amount of players that they can bring off the practice squad. And he was not signed to the 53. It was actually Makai Sargent who took the place of J.J. Koski. So a very underrated thing there because the Rams kind of have themselves backed into a little corner where they might have to sign, you know, a few of these guys to the 53 to kind of bend the rules a little bit and essentially add more practice squad players. In reality, they're just filling the holes of Ramsey and Higby, but they're going to have to be creative tonight. I mean, the roster, you know, the guys behind the scenes are going to have to be very creative with this roster for sure. Well, you know, I got about 30 seconds, man. I want to say this much. The Rams don't have, I mean, the Rams have a, a pretty, pretty difficult schedule still because you, they still face the Seahawks on Sunday. Then they go on the road against the Vikings. We don't know which Vikings team is going to show up. You got the Baltimore Ravens now without Lamar Jackson. That could change, but for right now, they'll be without Lamar Jackson, which changed the whole dynamic of that squad. And they end up back at SoFi for the final game of the season against the dreaded 49ers. So it doesn't get any easier for these Los Angeles Rams. They make their push towards the playoffs and ultimately try to secure their spot in Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium in February of 2022. Jake? Thank you so much, man, for all your insight. I greatly appreciate you coming on, man. I wish I could have you on longer, but you know how these radio rules go down. We got to cut. Hear you, man. We got to pay the bills around here, man. Thank you so much, Jake Ellenbogen. You can catch him on the Jake Ellenbogen Show on YouTube as well as being he is a part of one of the greatest football podcasts out right now. Alexis Craft, Jake Ellenbogen, Downtown Rams, that you can also catch on NightcastMedia.com. I might add, as well as so much more. Thank you so much, Jake, man, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Sounds good, Nick. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, y'all. Well, that was a hell of a game on Monday night. Definitely uh, one for the ages for sure. And I uh, had a chance to speak with Jake on Monday while I was in Phoenix uh, getting ready for that game. So, hey, man, it's, all, it's nothing but up for the Los Angeles Rams. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll talk about the other Los Angeles team. That is the Los Angeles Chargers with our guest reporters, Gilbert Manzano and Fernando Ramirez of Compass on the Beat. will give us an inside track on what's going on with Justin Herbert, as well as some of their more potent interviews uh, with the former number one draft pick for the San Diego Chargers and Ryan Leaf. All that and so much more coming up on TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. 
but these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities, and there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can, and the word don't is the word do, and the word won't is the word one, and in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213 and on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. All right, y'all, the Chargers are now turning the corner towards the playoff push in a very brutal AFC West. To help me break everything down, I got the compass on the beat. My favorite guys, Fernando Ramirez from Sports Illustrated, as well as Gilbert Manzano from Southern California News Group. We do Both guys do an excellent job covering the sport of the NFL, as well as the Los Angeles Chargers. What's going on, guys? Thanks for coming on. 
Doing well, Nick. How are you? Thank you for having us on. Hey, man, I'm out here, man. You know, I was in a sweet life for a minute. Now I'm, I, I was back up to the press box, man. So I, I got back with the comedy folk. Look at you, <laughs> grinding every day, man. I see it. Thank you, sir. I see you, you guys are doing an excellent job as well. Congratulations on the podcast. Uh, you guys have just recently had uh, Joey Bosa as well as Ryan Leaf, which was very, very interesting. And I want to ask you guys about Ryan Leaf because on Sunday, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers honored all of the the, the past players uh, that have donned a Los Angeles Chargers uniform. And I know Ryan Leaf over the course of time has gotten a lot of flack, some of it deserving, some of it not so deserving as, as time has progressed. What did you learn different about Ryan Leaf that you didn't know before you guys interviewed him? Fernando? Me? Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, you know, just – just uh kind of the you, you never hear like the backstories of why you know he he blew up or why the way he was and and I don't, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy because you know he's owned the mistakes he's done like, you can't treat me like that you can't treat people like that he had a golden opportunity number two overall pick behind Peyton Manning you're making millions of dollars and you threw it away uh so once he accepted that and owned his mistakes I'm like okay let me hear his point of view now instead of hearing kind of excuses and you know, it, it was it just kind of became kind of this, you know, he has like a podcast out called Bust and, and you hear the stories of how somebody grew up. You never really know how people are until you know how they came about, how they grew up, how they were raised, their environment, their surroundings and, and the stories that kind of make you and shape you. So, uh, you know, when I heard that from him, I'm like, OK, uh, yeah, he, you know, he had a lot of pressure. You can't really understand it from a 21 year old. Uh, so stuff like that. And then kind of also going through the whole prison phase like when you go to when you go to prison man that changed your life too and you finally turned it around and you know the, the biggest thing i take away though is being outspoken talking about me mental health people are always afraid to talk about that uh they see it as a stigma uh we all got problems we all got issues maybe not to the extent where we're nfl players and we have to overcome other you know, obstacles but we all have our own things to deal with and for him to kind of share his stories and own up to the mistakes and share how he was raised and then share how he's dealing with that that for me kind of came full circle to realize, okay, now I kind of get the, the full picture of what's going on here. Yeah, no. And, and for me, I mean, it's, it, he used the word embarrassed and he was embarrassed about a lot of the things that happened. I remember when he was a San Diego charger. I mean, I, obviously I was only like five or six years old, but he got in uh, the San Diego union tribune, Jay Posner's face after he asked him about a terrible, I think he had thrown, I think he literally, he went two for 17, three interceptions and 17 yards and like it was terrible he got benched and i think uh jay posner asked him in the locker room something and he like throws everything down and like gets in his face and like legit looked like he was about to knock like hit him in the face or do something and he said he was embarrassed about that moment and then that when he when he was able to uh, he told us about the time that he met with dean spanos and at one of the chargers eagles games there and at the StubHub center uh, and or Dignitive Sports, whatever, Health Complex thing, whatever. Uh, he said that he felt embarrassed when he was going to meet, uh, when he was going to see uh, Dean Spanos because he thought about all the embarrassing things that he had done while being a member of the San Diego Chargers. So he said he felt embarrassed and that he, he just, he didn't know how he was going to react and that everything has been good. And you should have seen, Nick, I mean, obviously people can see it on our YouTube page, the level of excitement when he talked about holding about how his son was going to be at the game and he was going to be able to share in that uh, in that experience and that his son had already picked out that he was going to wear 
his Justin Herbert jersey and that he wanted to be at the game. And he's like, I want to show my son that, yes, I did all these things and he's going to know about them in the future. But look what I was able to do. Look at how I turned my life around. And I feel like that's the most important thing is that he's realized that, yes, uh, he made all these mistakes, but he's trying to uh, he's trying to fix them. And I mean, when we think about Ryan Leaf in the NFL, you're always going to think like his podcast has bust. You're going to think about all the stupid stuff that he's done that he did. But when you talk about Ryan Leaf, the person you're going to like, you're going to think about the uh, reconciliation that he's had trying to become a, uh, a functioning member of society, trying to apologize for all the stuff that he did. And then the most important part, trying to teach younger athletes to not do that kind of stuff and trying to help these younger athletes deal with a lot of the stuff that they're going through. Cause a lot of young athletes, I mean, you go from nothing to making millions of dollars. And then on top of that, you have people hitting you up that you haven't seen in years. You're going through the stress of this person asking you, Hey, I don't have enough money to, to pay for my son's tuition. Hey, I don't have money to pay the rent. Hey, I don't have money to pay the bills. And all of a sudden a 21 year old, 20 year old is in charge of like 15 to 20 different people that, that, that gets to you or, and, and even the mental health stuff that they're dealing with. So it's good that Ryan is trying to mentor some of the younger players and help them. Cause I'm sure some of these younger players like Johnny Manziel and some of these other guys that really went through that stuff could have, uh, could have really have used the advice of a Ryan leaf to kind of help guide them and try and help them deal with, Hey, this isn't just the love of the game anymore. This is your job. No more school. It's just this, this is it. And you have to be good at this. If not, they're going to find somebody else who can come in here and do it. So I, I that's what really impacted me about uh, what Ryan leaf had to say to us. Yeah, I think oftentimes we don't realize the pressures that come on, a, on a, in a first round pick, especially if you're picked in the top 10 of the NFL, because all eyes are on you. You are the quote unquote savior of the franchise or at least one of them um, when you're being picked that high, especially most franchises aren't that good unless they trade up. Especially uh, when it's a quarterback. I mean, exactly. you think about it. All we think about is the quarterbacks from the, I mean, to, 2020, I bet you besides Isaiah Simmons, you can't really name that many other players except for, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa, Joe Burrow. So it's the pressure that comes along with uh, with being a, a quarterback drafted uh, first or top 10, like you said, in the first round. Well, speaking of top 10 quarterbacks, Justin Herbert continues to, to set records and have record-setting days. On Sunday, he was the first player to have 30 touchdown passes in each of his first two seasons. When you look at Justin Herbert, and we all know the time we were drafted, we were all there when he was drafted, obviously, uh, under Anthony Lynn at the time, who was the head coach, and now you have Brandon Staley in his first year as head coach. What have you seen that 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 allows you to be comfortable as far as having Justin to be the quarterback, to be the kind of the savior of their franchise? Because he seems so calm, cool, and collected. When we talk to him, you know, individual accolades don't really phase him, or at least he gives off that impression that it doesn't phase him because he's all about the team. But what is it about Justin Herbert that you see out of him um, that 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 keeps him grounded, keeps him level, and still be able to perform at a high level on the field. I'm going to be honest, and I mean, you guys might laugh at it, but not being on social media. I mean, I think that's the that I think that's the saving grace when it comes to some of these athletes. He's not on social media. He's not seeing his highlights. He's just focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's being a, a better quarterback, getting the team to be better. And and he he's a quiet leader, and that's what I think has helped them too, is that, yeah, he's he might not be that – Tom Brady that let me beat my chest. Let me get excited. Let me, let me get hyped up. Let me give that speech like Drew Brees did uh, to hype up the team before the game. No, the, the team lets him be him. 
And that's who he is. He's a guy who's quiet. He does his thing. I mean, you see it. I mean, when you ask him different kinds of questions, he kind of like has like a little smirk and then he like answers them or whatever. So I, I just think that what Justin has really done is just come in, be himself, and he's let his game do the talking. And I know that I've seen it on Twitter uh, recently. I mean, when I post something about Justin, a lot of Oregon fans are like, wow, if Oregon would have just unleashed him, maybe we would have been even better. Maybe we would have even been uh, – maybe we would have even gotten into the national championship playoff. I mean, obviously, it helps having Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry last year, Austin Eckler. It helps having some of these weapons. But Justin is just on uh, on a level, I think, on his own. His arm strength, his athleticism, I, I really think that he is – a unique quarterback. I don't think we've seen a quarterback like him in some time, if ever. Uh, I just think he's different. I mean, people try and compare him to Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick does unique things that Justin can do, and Justin does things that Patrick Mahomes can do. I mean, it's it's just different, and I feel like that's the thing that has allowed Justin to, to do his thing. He's just unique. He's different, so I really think that that's what separates himself and has made Charger charge the Charger players, the Charger organization, and Charger fans fall in love with him is the fact that he just – he walks to the beat of his own drum and he does his own thing. And that's really what, uh, I mean, you saw last year by week, he leaves, he comes back, he chops off his hair. Like everybody's like, dude, what happened to that haircut? And like this year, never, ever do that again, ever. <laughs> yeah, this year he has his hair all long and everything. So it just, uh, he just walks to the beat of his own drum. He doesn't care what people think. And, and he just goes out there and plays his game. And that's really what's, uh, what separates him from, uh, from other people or other quarterbacks. Nick, he kind of reminds me of Kawhi Leonard. He's just a robot out there. He yeah. all he cares is about playing football. Kawhi, all he cares about basketball. And they're very competitive, but not competitive about being the best of other people. They're, he's not. He doesn't care about Patrick Mahomes or who's doing what. He just wants to win the game. That's how competitive he is. And he wants to get better by himself. And you know, yesterday we kept, you know, we kept asking. I guess I did. I kind of put him in an awkward position because he never likes to brag. And we got. And we're like, man, we got to know how far can you throw the football. And he's like, I've never tested it. I'm like, how, how can you never test your arm strength? But for him, it doesn't kind of it doesn't matter. For him, it just takes 60 yards to win the football game. He's not gonna go and compete to show it off. He's not that type of player. Uh, but just you know, just being a kind of a robotic, you know, eat, eat, breathe, and, and sleep football. That's kind of the thing that for him. But it's just wild to think that five teams uh in the NFL draft passed on him. And yeah, you could maybe excuse the Bengals because Joe Burrow's really good. But yesterday they played the Giants. They drafted Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, number four overall. Uh, Daniel Jones, their, their their quarterback who was supposed to be the future, was on the bench because he's dealing with an injury and this kind of question mark. So you're the Giants and you're watching him throw a bomb for 63 yards in the air to Jalen Guyton, hitting him in stride, taking a hit. You're probably thinking, okay, we messed up here. Uh, so that's going to be the big mystery here for how to Justin Herbert fall to number six. And, uh, you know, the Chargers are, are probably really grateful to do that. But the difference between Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes knows how to win. He he knows how to beat elite teams. He knows how to beat the defensive mastermind. So that's the next phase in Justin Herbert's career is to kind of, you know, win that chess match against a Bill Belichick or, or John Harbaugh. Uh, Mike Patrick Zimmer. Mahomes hasn't done that. Uh, I'm sorry. He has a Super Bowl, Fernando. I, I, you could get into it. He has an MVP. This guy is a proven winner. Uh, you keep disagreeing on the Chiefs for their first place. They're coming to town. We're having a transition right now. Thursday night football, so good job, Fernando. We're in the same uh, wavelength, Nick. But I, I can't, you know, just say right now, right, right away, that, that uh, Herbert's the best quarterback in the world. But I will say he might have the best physical attributes to any quarterback in the NFL right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you guys talked about the big time matchup that's coming up on Thursday night at SoFi Stadium. Uh, the, the Chiefs coming to town looking to avenge their earlier season loss against the Chargers uh, when they played at Arrowhead. And now they have a chance to kind of tie things up if they can. What have you seen differently, uh, Gilbert, as far as how this Kansas City team has evolved? Because we know early on this team was looking really rough and we didn't know what what their identity was, what was going on. Seemed like they were losing games that they should have won. But now they seem they, they've strung together six consecutive wins. Uh, they won on Sunday against a team that, disguised as the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, yep. What do you see? In, what do you What do you see in this Chiefs team? What What do you think pre- helps them prevail over the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday? You know, Fernando's going to hate this answer because he keeps telling me the Chiefs are broken. But I, I think the Chiefs are maybe a little bored. They're kind of doing load management. They've been in the playoffs every single year. That you know, it's a it's, the football is a wear and tear league. They're going to get to you. So maybe after a while, it's like we could turn it on. Like remember those Laker days where Shaq and Kobe were like kind of all right, we're in a 3P and we kind of just turn it on late. I kind of get that sense. You know, with the offense, is still working and in progress, but I'm never going to doubt that uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes could turn it on whenever they want. I could definitely see that in the playoffs. You kind of just turn it on. And they kind of showed you yesterday against the Raiders. But again, you, like you mentioned, the, the Raiders are, they've checked out. So you can't give them too much praise for that one. Uh, but I am surprised with the defense. I think maybe the defense was like, you know what, we are really messing up here. So when this offense figures it out, we got to be on our, on our A game. And Surprisingly, Melvin Gordon, Melvin Ingram. I was gonna say Melvin Gordon again, Fernando. So you you for that. Melvin Ingram gave him the boost there, so that was a surprise. Another kind of a storyline for the Thursday night football matchup. But uh, they got Chris Jones, they got Tyron Matthews, they got playmakers on defense. But they're playing as a group now. They were getting torched every single week for like two months uh, against quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, you know, had his way with them in week three. So uh, we'll see how how for real that defense is. Maybe they're kind of you know, feeding off the energy and the pressure of kind of, okay, we fell behind in the standings. we got to help out this offense. Uh, but they haven't faced a Herbert in a while, so we'll see how that kind of turns out. But just a defensive turnaround, and I think now, you know, turning on the, the battery, saying, okay, it's time to go because the playoffs are around the corner is a kind of turnaround for the Chiefs. Fernando, how ironic is it? Because oftentimes we talk about Kansas City. You mentioned Pat Mahomes numerous times. We talk about Pat Mahomes. We talk about the offense. And we always talk about how suspect the defense was in years prior. So how how ironic is it now that we're actually looking at this Kansas City defense as a legitimate contender as far as being able to say, hey, we're going to hold up our end of the bargain into the offense, like Gilbert said, figures everything out and moves forward? Well, obviously that's what happened in 2019 when they won the Super Bowl was their defense was the reason why they kind of got there was because Steve Spagnuolo had them playing really good football. I mean, they had that game in Mexico City against the Chargers that really kind of jump-started them going into that Super Bowl year. Uh, They obviously picked off Phillip Rivers four times in Mexico City, and they kind of got it going, and it was the defense that kind of led them. Uh, This season, it seems like the addition of, of Melvin Ingram has really helped them, and then on top of that, Chris Jones, I think, was getting uh, was getting used as a defensive end, and I think they've moved him back inside, so that's really helped. Uh, now the thing is going to be, uh, obviously, in the last few weeks, they've had some good matchups, but, like, that Green Bay game, that's going to be interesting that, like, they didn't play against Aaron Rodgers. If it's Aaron Rodgers, what happens to that mm-hmm. defense? So they've kind of gotten some breaks here and there, but at the same time, what really showed me yesterday about going back to the offense Yesterday, they won without using Tyreek Hill or uh, Pat, or uh, Travis Kelsey. So that's really what's impressive. And that's what the Chargers did in week three against – again. and I think that was the Chiefs kind of showing them, hey, we can beat a team without having to use Travis Kelsey or or, uh, 
or Tyreek Hill. And I think that's what they did. That's what they did yesterday. They really used different guys. They used their running backs. They used everybody in, in, in a great way. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what, uh, what the Chargers try and dial up on defense. But going back to the Chiefs defense, the Chargers are going to have their hand signed. I mean, obviously, they're going to need everybody to play up to the level of Kansas City's defense, but they're going to really need to. And it was something that Nick and I were talking about off uh, off camera was the Chargers are going to need Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, uh, Joshua Kelly, Justin Jackson, Donald Parham, and Steven Anderson to really step up. Those guys are going to. Those are the guys that decide these outcomes because you can. You know, Keenan's going to get his. Mike Williams. Mike Williams has been great against the Chiefs uh, in the last few years. He really has been kind of that uh, that guy that gets whatever he wants against the Chiefs. But it's going to be those guys that are really going to decide this outcome. And are they going to let the Chiefs uh, defense beat them? Or is it going to be uh, the Justin Herbert show against Patrick Mahomes? I mean, that's what it's kind of feeling like. That's what we – I mean, Gilbert's a huge boxing guy. So uh, the way I'm looking at it is, is uh, this is Mahomes versus Herbert three. So I'm definitely interested to see kind of how this matchup goes. But I think that both defenses are being neglected a little bit just because of how good those offenses are. But uh, but I think both defenses – I think both defenses have grown from the last time that they played each other. So it's going to be interesting. But like it's it, like Gilbert has said, there's question marks now with Derwin, uh, with some of these other guys. So it's going to be interesting to see who suits up. But this is really going to be, I think, a defensive uh, slugfest, to be honest, on – on Thursday. Okay, guys, I got about 90 seconds. So I want to ask you about this Chargers team. We, we know how great Justin Herbert is and continues to evolve. We know Austin Eckler, even though he had a he had an ankle stinger, uh, according to Brandon Staley, he's pretty much going to be all right. Looking forward to him playing on Thursday. But to me, this team, what, one thing about this team that concerns me is the running game because of Austin Eckler. Got, thank God he didn't have a major injury, but if he did. I'm not I'm not so sure about this running game. We all know as you turn on this playoff push, if you don't have a running game, ask the Buffalo Bills, you're not going to make a significant run in the playoffs. What what is it about this running game that needs to, to turn on and be able to sustain themselves in the event if Austin Eckler does get an injury or something happens with that? Nick, if they don't have Austin Eckler, they're in big trouble because the guys behind Austin Eckler have not stepped up. Uh, but you know what? You know, and, the, and the main thing, I'll just keep it simple, man. You got to step up. You get your opportunity to get your snaps. You got to make a play. And you kind of hear people making excuses. Well, if they kind of just pick a guy who's number two, then he'll get the carries and he'll be in rhythm. Yeah, there's some logic to that. But when these guys have opportunities, they don't show the burst. They don't show the patience. They don't they don't pass protect. So all these little small things that add up to win a race, they haven't done that. So, it, you know, for Austin, he needs to be out there, but he's not a big bruising running back, and he's always honest with us. He, he can't be the bruiser. He can't be the three-down back. He needs somebody to help. And you kind of saw Austin saying the good things, the right things in the first part of the year. Like, yeah, they'll figure it out. Then after, like, week nine, he's like, all right, guys, like enough is enough. Step step up. I need help here. So uh, it's kind of getting to him. But yesterday I saw some progress. I know it's the Giants, so maybe I shouldn't get too carried away, but they were physical. Uh, maybe a lot of credit to the offensive line. You run to that left side with Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, you're, you're doing good things. And even that, you have holes there. The guys are not hitting the holes there. They're not seeing the vision. They're not being patient. Uh, I could keep going with the running game. But there were some signs there, especially on that first drive. Uh, Fernando, I think I, I mentioned, you know, that was some patient running there from guys like Justin yeah. Jackson, too. Uh, and then Joshua Kelly helped out in the second, third quarter. So if somebody just steps up, they'll be fine. Because, Nick, you said it, man. Uh and these playoff games, even even Thursday night, man, it's gonna feel like a playoff game. You need the running game to help you out. Yeah. Uh, 
And Justin Herbert's great. Patrick Mahomes is great, but they need a running game there. So I think uh, that could be a big crucial point uh, down the line. Even, even, yeah, even if you, even if it's little dink out passes like five, six yard uh, balls, sometimes that turns into a ten yard run. So even that way they could help. But yeah, the Chargers really need some help. Last year, Kalen Balage was that guy that really picked it up. I was surprised yeah. they didn't re-sign him. Uh, they decided to let him go, and these guys just haven't picked it up. So. Yeah, no, if these guys can't get going, I I, I don't know what's going to happen with, with this run game just because, like you guys said, these guys are not uh, – they haven't stepped up. And and you can tell the team's starting to get a little frustrated with uh, with that because they need this running game to keep on going. Oh, Tommy T, we'll find out. 20 seconds, guys. Uh, who wins on Thursday night? Chiefs, Chargers? I got the, I, I got the Chiefs winning 28 to 23, I think I said. I might change the score, Nick, but I'm I'm going Chiefs for sure. They're they're hitting their stride, so I'll go. I don't know, maybe 28-24. Dan and Dago's gonna be happy. Yes, Ooh. we can well, change your mind. Chief, on that. Huh? Well, you know what? The, the Chiefs are on the, the Chiefs are on the six game winning streak. Uh, the Chargers are currently fifth in the AFC uh, as far as the playoff position is concerned. So this is definitely a major game as they sit eight and five on the season. Thank you so much to my guest, Fernando Ramirez from Sports Illustrated, Gilbert Manzano from the Southern California News Group, doing a great job giving us the ins and outs of the Los Angeles Chargers. You can also catch them every week on Compass on the Beat. You can also follow them on Instagram at Compass on the Beat. Follow them also at GManzano24, Gilbert Manzano, as well as Fernando Ramirez at Real F Ramirez. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, y'all. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll be getting into the Moments Brunch. What's going on with Cam Newton, as well as my man, big brother Jake, better known as Jake Warner, will join the show. He's back in effect like he never left. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, fine. it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> good. Morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. 
As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't. All of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to the final segment of the show. TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA and on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. <laughs> Some of these, these, commercial, these commercial break conversations, man, are hilarious between myself. <laughs> And Jake Warner, a.k.a. Big Brother Jake, who has returned, who has definitely returned. Yes, I'm uh, back, baby. I'm back. So, well, sir. It's good to be back, man. Sorry, I had to dip on you for a minute, bro, but, you know, I'm back. It's cool. I mean, I didn't feel, I I, I thought I was going to have to sing the Black Streak song. (laughs) Don't let me. First of all, do your audience a favor and don't sing ever again. First of all, let's not Dude, do that. I'm not blessed with that gift, but I can write. I can write a hell of a song. Oh, you know, that's the thing. I, I can write like a mug, right. but I'll be damned God if I try to sing doing. it. You know, like. Yeah, God knew what he was doing. Because if, if I was a singer on top of <laughs> uh, on top of what I look like and, and, the, and the gift I already possess, I'd be having about five, six, seven, eight hundred kids. Hey, hey, man, save save some for us, Nick. Save some for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's yeah. the thing. I, if we're doing karaoke, I can do I can do <laughs> Fiendin' from Jodeci and Let's Chill from Guy. And that's it because, Bro. you know, Aaron Hall's vocal range isn't that deep. I could actually do that. But, you know, I, I can hit that. Take my money. Man. I can hit that, baby. <laughs> the homegirl, home Jackie Ray, man, who I do a show with, the obviously react, reaction that you guys can catch also every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on the Good News Radio Network and all streaming platforms. She loves karaoke. So every time she tries to get us to come all out, she yeah. wants to do karaoke. 
and I never freaking did it. I did karaoke with her one time. I would I would pay I, to see that. I would... got to let me ride by Dr. Dre because that was the only <laughs> song I was comfortable with. <laughs> I, mean, I, right. I would pay money to see you karaoke, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, you're going to lose that money because I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm man, not going to even embarrass uh, myself. Like the Million Dollar Man I, used I, to say, everybody has a price. Yeah, they do, but that ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. We, oh, yeah, man. that ain't it. But I, I, but I love to clown people when they do do karaoke because that, that kind of stuff is funny to me. Oh, so, so, so you're that yeah. guy that will clown somebody but won't do it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's just like when you, when I don't have a team that I that let's necessarily root for, right? But it, I know some diehard fans when I clown their teams and like, well, who's your team? <laughs> um, I pretty much don't really have one, right? <laughs> I could give you the jurisdiction to clown the crap out of you and you and you and you uh, and true. laugh about it all the way to the bank, of course. So that's basically what I do. But yeah, man, it's great to have you back. It's gonna be the back. Kansas City Chiefs, man. Uh, they they were shakier than a California earthquake to begin the season, and now they figure out they they finally figured out their way. They won six straight. They annihilated a team that they claims to be the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. Uh, I thought that was the mon- I think the Monstars took their power because there's no <laughs> way you could tell me that was an NFL team that got on that field on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs and mm-hmm. lined it up. Josh Gordon, congratulations to Josh Gordon getting his uh, first touchdown uh, since returning to the NFL. Uh, he should have never been suspended, in my opinion, but I that's agree. another story. I agree. But it's good to see Josh Gordon out there having fun again. Man, are the Kansas City Chiefs really Super Bowl contenders? Are, are they legitimate Super Bowl contenders now? You know, in your estimate, I, 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 I think they are. I think they are, and I'll tell you why. Um, they've hit their stride. Everybody's playing, you know, beyond great. They're all on the same page. They're all in tune with each other. You know that chemistry is underrated, if you ask me. I just think you know they had that hangover from you know winning, and they they took everybody lightly. Now they realize they're you know invent they're not invincible. They're human, and when they realize that, that's when they got their act together and started playing ball. They are a force to be reckoned with, but you cannot sleep on the Chargers, man. I'm telling you, not because I'm a fan, but they got that Thursday night is going to be an amazing game. But Kansas oh, yeah. City's, I, I would not sleep on them cats, man. They they are contenders, not pretenders, for sure. I mean, Kansas City whooped the Raiders' ass like they stole something. That's for sure. And that was just a tune-up for Thursday night. Um, fortunately, the, you know, they're going to have uh, – they, they were at home, and now they're going to have to travel to SoFi uh, mm-hmm. and try to avenge their earlier season loss against those Chargers uh, on Thursday night at 520, which I will be in the house for. Yes, so make sure you check out your man. Uh, as I will be tweeting and live tweeting from the game. The interesting part about all of this, though, dude, I picked the – here was my Super Bowl prediction at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I swear, no lie. It was Rams against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. am I still off with my prediction? Are you Have you give, Have you jumped off the Rams train? I completely jumped off the Rams train, man. I, wow. <laughs> because, look. Wow. Matthew Stafford's gonna be Matthew Stafford no matter how you look at it, man. He yes, I he's a new environment. He's he's playing decent, but bro, he's still Matthew Stafford and he still has that Detroit Lions funk on him. I think the team that might emerge from the NFC, it, it's either two, it, it, and their names have Bay in the title. It's either gonna be Green uh, Bay or Tampa Bay. Because they're both playing out of this world football right now, and that's who's gonna come out of the NFC. You could book that. 
Well, you know what I said? I said the Arizona Cardinals and the Utah Jazz, you know what they both have in common? What's that? They're both great in the regular season, but they will puke out and, and piss <laughs> off people in the playoffs because they're not going to make it. I believe And I don't think the Arizona Cardinals, I think they were, I think, I think the culture is changing for Cliff Kingsbury yeah. and what he's been able to accomplish. Um, but Kyler Murray is everything to them. And without Kyler, if Kyler Murray gets bumped around or he gets knocked off or he gets frustrated, that's their whole offense yep. right there. Yep. No matter how talented D Hop is, and I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think yeah. he's a sensational talent. I like the running game with they they what they've instilled in that running game. The O line is pretty solid. Um, I like the defense, even though I think the defense may have taken a half a step back because of JJ Watt in ending the year with an injury, because I think just his presence yes. with Buda Baker, with Isaiah and those guys really had an impact on them in that in that defense so i think mm -hmm. you know I, again and these guys are inexperienced they've never really been to the playoffs like that before right so i think there's some inexperience there and, and anything else i mean when you're building you're gonna go through bumps and bruises just like we saw from day one with kyler murray to where kyler murray is right now so i just feel like to me kyler murray is is is, is in a he's on an incline and I think they can grow, but I think this is not the year for them to go really deep. I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. I honestly don't see it. But what I do see, I see I, I see some food on the table. <laughs> I smell the aroma. So yes, sir. my man, I'm ready for this brunch. That's all I know. All right, let me get my chef's hat on. Let's do this. All right. Can Tom Brady be any greater now that he has 700 career TD passes in, in the overtime win over Buffalo? Should we still underestimate the Bucs moving forward towards the playoffs? Well, you just said it, man. I can't underestimate the Bucs. Even though the Bucs went on a skid for a second, in, mm -hmm. you know, midway through the season. But they, they seem like they pretty much found their way. And it's hard to go against Tom Brady. Even when you count him out, if you think he's starting to be mortal, he shows you that he's still immortal yes. when it comes to the football thing. And, and the way he can slang a ball, the way the accuracy that he still can throw it. Yes, he slowed, he, he slowed down some, obviously, being 44 years of age, the bumps and bruises that come along with that. We saw that when they played the Rams at SoFi. Right. They, they frustrated Brady all game long. And that's pretty much the only kryptonite that goes against Brady is when you frustrate him or knock him on his keister right. where he can, he can sit up there and, and, and get mad and get upset and look for calls and all this other stuff. And it throws him off his game. That's the only kryptonite you have against this Superman, because to me, I think Tom Brady is one of the, the elite quarterbacks, not just of our generation, but I think it's just in the game period. I mean, the man is, is, it seems like he has no signs of slowing down. Um, and I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting when he does, whenever he walks away, which I don't think is going to be that long that, that people think it is. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be that much longer. I think he may have another season left in him. Um, I don't see him pay, playing past 45. I know people may call me crazy and say, oh, he could play till he's 50. Good luck with that. Because <laughs> by the time he's 55, he's going to feel like he's 75. That's for sure. I don't care how healthy you are. It's the NFL. You take, you, you play one down, your life's affected forever. So, you know, but Props to him for his longevity, man. Props to him. Moving on. The next item for for grubbing. Uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I, I just see when, when, when he writes his Instagrams, I just see those crazy letters every time I think about Cam Newton. Cam Newton said, I'm disappointed in myself. I hold myself to a high standard. To jeopardize the game the way I did today was inexcusable. Is it time for Cam to hang it up after this season? Hell yeah. <laughs> I didn't really say that. 
Honestly, man, I've been on Cam. I've been rooting for Cam for a long time, especially Same, when yeah. he when he got when when the Panthers first got rid of him, and then he had to search for a job, yeah. and then he found it in New England, and he had, he didn't have any weapons in New England, and then he didn't want to get vaccinated. And then he finally got vaccinated, and then he mm-hmm. finally found another team, and then he came back home to the Panthers, and everybody thought it was going to be this big hurrah, and everybody thought it was going to be the 2015 or acting like it was going to be the 2015 Cam, yeah. and it absolutely is not. I mean, you can't – the 2015 Cam is way back in the rear view. This is a Cam Newton that's serviceable. This is a Cam Newton that could probably finish out the season. Mm-hmm. But if I, it, it may be time for Cam to hang it up, man. I mean – Man, he got a lot of he got a lot of rent to pay, which is why he's he's trying to continue on. Maybe he got a lot of mouths to feed, which is why you know they get expensive, man. It's, yeah. it's inflation times. Yeah. Everything is going up. The car, the price just went up. <laughs> Yesterday's price is not today's it's price. Today's price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think Cam Newton, he he's seen his his better days already. You know, I was happy that he got to go back to Carolina, and I think he should just hang up the cleats there. Become an analyst somewhere. Stay away from Instagram with that weird, you know, text stuff that he, he writes with those weird letters. So, but yeah, you know, props yeah. to him, man. I was rooting for him to do great, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen for him. And the final course of this delicious brunch that we're working on, uh, LeBron James said the secret to his triple double success on Sunday versus Orlando was watching his son's team and getting sleep. Is this a telling sign that LeBron is getting old? And feeling his mortality, or is it that LeBron has to carry the majority of the load and the others because AD, Westbrook, and company aren't doing enough? Oh, damn, Jake. Um, <laughs> man, I almost ran out of breath reading that. <laughs> uh, hey, man, well, you know, you came in with a good with That was a good one. Um, off the top rope, baby. Off the rope. Off the top um, rope. I'm going to say this much. I, I think, yes, LeBron is getting older, obviously. Yes. Um, he's getting old in basketball years. When you need about 10 or 12 hours worth of sleep to recover, dude, yeah. you're getting old. Yep. Um, but it's also because he his shoulders are heavy because he's he carrying all these heavy <laughs> folks that are supposed to be top-notch stars right. <laughs> and not showing up and coming up shorter than Gary Coleman at a urinal. Then that's <laughs> what, what the hell? That's what happens when you have to carry the load oh, and people man. are, you know, doing their job consistently. Um, I think it's a mixture of both, though, man. I think it's, it's mm-hmm. the fact that LeBron is getting older. Guys are coming in at a younger, stronger, faster, quicker. The game is starting to accelerate now, especially as we continue to get almost to a third of the season. Mm-hmm. And also, too, I think guys have got to step up. Guys are not stepping up. I mean, this is a mediocre underachieving Lakers team yes, when you look at it from, from the beginning of the season mm-hmm. to where they are right now. If you would have told anybody that the Lakers would be below the fifth spot or the, below out of the top four spot in the West, they would have all called us crazy or a bunch of haters or anything of that nature that not, not name a child of God, right? Right. So when you look at this team, they are underachieving, but they're old. The youth is not there like it should have been. And because LeBron wants what he wants, he's going to get what he gets. And so now he has to face the consequences of his actions. Yep. He wanted the team. He constructed this team. Carmelo told us. He, he let the cat out the back. Hey, look, LeBron is the GM. Yeah. That's the one reason why Carmelo's there. And I like the Carmelo signing. I like Malik Monk signing yes. with them. I like Dwight Howard coming back. Yep. I like Ray John Rondo coming back. I wish they would use him more. Yep. But I like all of them signing. But the rest of the Westbrook one, 
is is a head scratcher to Kendrick Nunn. One was a head scratcher. Yep. I was never in agreement with those two signings. Just the name. I mean, Trevor Reza, he's past his prime. He's old. He should get AARP right about now. And I like <laughs> Trevor Reza. I think Trevor Reza was a dope player. I think. I mean, straight out of Westchester. Yep. Went to UCLA. Guy can ball out. You know what I mean? I'm sure in, in a pickup game, he'd probably give me that work. But I'm saying as <laughs> on a professional level, he getting worked. Oh, he is, if man. If it ain't by his opponents, it's by injury, unfortunately. And so these guys are past their primes. Yeah. And they're old. And AD can't sustain himself. For, he can't stay healthy a whole season. No. I And, and I, I was I was dead set against that signing when it happened from day one. Because he was never healthy in New Orleans. Ever. Ever. And now he but, comes to but, L.A. and it's just as bad, if not worse. Well, here's the thing. But he was instrumental in that 2020 championship of run because he was. Yes. he was very instrumental, which was really surprising. Like, he played through most of – you know good and well, those were injuries happening in New Orleans he just sat out. But oh, yeah. because he was in L.A. and because he knew he had a contract on the line, he played through a lot of those injuries. Now, one injury I give him an excuse for, when he, I think it was against the Knicks, and that he landed so bad on his yeah. back yeah. that he had to sit out. Like that looked worse than everybody collectively gasped yeah. when they saw it happen because it was like, dude, I hope this dude ain't out for the year. Like it looked worse than what it, it was. Did. What it was. Fortunately, it wasn't. He took a few games off, got rehabbed, and and came back, got treatment, and, and came back and finished out the season strong. And we haven't seen that type of Anthony Davis uh, yelling out Kobe when he knocks down mm-hmm. a shot. We haven't seen that Anthony Davis no. in years. He, he and looked- so. That's I'm, I'm concerned because it's like, and I said before with this experiment, I said Anthony Davis is going to be the glue that keeps everything together, period. You know, when I see him fall down, it, it, it looks like a European soccer player. I'm a little <laughs> – like I, I worry what injuries next. It's like he rolls around on the floor for like five minutes like, like he's dying out there. And that, my friend, concludes <laughs> the, the DMA project. <laughs> oh, you gotta be playing Gears of War in real life. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man, thank you very much, man. I appreciate yes, that. <laughs> and thank you to everybody tuning in. We appreciate it. Thank you to all the guests that appeared on this episode of TMA. If you missed any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download, subscribe to us on all streaming platforms. That is iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, which is better known as iTunes, Spotify. Google Play, all for free 99. Make sure you follow me at nightcastmedia.com. That's N-I-T-E-C-A-S-T-M-E-D-I-A.com. You can also download, subscribe to all the latest interviews. we got some brand new content coming this week. YouTube.com slash NH Experience TV. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. we got a giveaway coming up uh, at the top of the year, so you definitely don't want to miss that because you definitely may be in the running. All you have to do is hit the subscribe button, youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. Uh, for my man, Jake Warner, Big Brother Jake, as he's most notably known, executive producer and producer to the stars, I'm Nick Hamilton. Until next time, stay sharp, take care. I'm out.